empty. The Sunday school classrooms are empty. Aisles are empty. The foyer is empty. The pastor's office is empty. Musicians' seats are empty. The sanctuary is empty. And if I dwell on it long enough, my heart can feel kind of empty too. But it's Easter weekend. The tomb is empty. God is working. The church is conquering. Families are praying. Parents are guiding. Children are learning. People are loving. Hearts are turning. The body is believing. The musicians are playing. The faithful still singing. Pastor is preaching. The Lord is still reaching. Saints are still ministering. And Jesus, He's still living. Oh yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. I just wanted to share that with you because that's how I feel today. All is okay because he's alive. Amen. I'm preaching this morning on this subject. I am the resurrection. The Bible tells us about a family that Jesus loved. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Two sisters and a brother. And it came to pass that Lazarus had fallen sick and Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. Jesus waited before he made his way to Lazarus. Lazarus died and Jesus still waited. And in John the 11th chapter and the 17th verse, it says, when Jesus came, he found that he found that he had, lay, had been laying in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them. And verse 20 says, and when Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. And Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. And I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And then Jesus looked at Martha and he said something that he had not spoken directly before, at least as far as we know. John, only the Gospel of John records this. It's about six months left in his ministry, about six months prior to his crucifixion. And in John eleven twenty five, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest, this, believest thou this? And she said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe thou art the Christ, or I believe thou art the Messiah, the Son of God, which shall come to the world. 
Jesus made this great statement of truth. Perhaps for the first time, I am the resurrection. I believe that this was a turning point. I believe that that this was uh, uh, something that began to make a shift in his ministry. And a shift, as you study the story of Jesus, he publicly declared one of the most powerful truths that you and I know and that you and I love today. I am the resurrection. Now, let's fast forward to 40 days after the resurrection. He's just about to send into the heavens. And he said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And catch this, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere. If you were fresh from the days of that cruel and torturous death of Jesus Christ. If your hopes had been dashed on the rocks outside Jerusalem. As you watched Jesus die just a few few weeks ago. But suddenly, suddenly you learned that he's alive. And he suddenly started making appearances unto you. What would you want the world to know about Jesus? He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. And that's exactly what the early church did. Jesus had resurrected from the grave and they shared it. They preached it. They told it over and over again. The early church, it was told with anointing. It was told with power. It was told with great passion. It was told with every fiber of their being. He is alive. You can read in Acts chapter 4 and verse 33. And with great power, the apostles were given testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And abundant grace was on them all. I just need to, I just need to go back and, and just zero in on that. With great power, the apostles gave testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. With great power, the apostles gave great testimony to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is, like, is unlike any event that has ever happened. Look at Simon Peter's message on the day of Pentecost after the promise of the Father had already been poured out. Simon Simon Peter is preaching. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 32, he says, This Jesus God has raised up of which we are all witnesses. He's telling all the people, look around. Understand, Jesus has been raised from the grave and every one of us here are witnesses of that. Verse 33, Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, which He poured out, this which you now see and hear. 
we are witnesses. He is resurrected. Paul, when he was before the Grecian philosophers and he was before the, uh, the Epicureans and the Stoics in Acts chapter 17 and verse 18. Uh, the uh, certain philosophers of the Epicureans and the Stoics encountered him. And some said, what will this babbler say? And others, some, he seemeth, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. He preached the resurrection. He preached Jesus Christ and the resurrection. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was the central message of the early church. It was the very thing that they staked their lives on. They staked their ministries on it. They staked their hopes on it. They put everything, they poured themselves into it. He was alive and he was resurrected and resurrected forevermore. Woo! I want to share with you five quick bullet points. I, I, I think they'll be quick, although one of them I'm interrupted to. I, I'm, I've got some things I'm inserting, but five quick bullet points from Jen Oshman's uh, March 2016 blog. Five truths about the resurrection of Jesus. Number one, the earliest evidence that Jesus rose from his tomb. These are, these are five proofs of the resurrection. The earliest evidence is the fact his tomb was empty. Those opposed to Christ did not deny that the tomb was empty. Rather, they accused Jesus of taking, or accused the disciples of taking Jesus' body. Liberal and conservative scholars alike agree, in fact, that Jesus Christ was killed and buried. But you can't concede his burial without admitting that his Burial place was vacant a few days later. Number two, the Bible records that those who first witnessed the empty tomb were not women. Or excuse me, were women. The, uh, I skipped a line here. Let me back up. The Bible records that those who first witnessed the empty tomb were women. At this time, the place, uh, at this time and place in history, the testimony of women was not allowed or trusted. The women were the first to witness Christ's resurrection, and that would have actually been an embarrassment to their male contemporaries. The point is this. If the disciples were going to invent a story, they would have men do the witnessing and the testifying. They wouldn't have left it to the women. The third thing that I want to point out to you is during the 40 days between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension into heaven, he appeared numerous times to many groups of people, sometimes dozens and even hundreds at once. And in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 8, notice what he says. He says, let me remind you, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you will stand firm in it. This is the good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had been passed on to me. 
Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he raised from the dead the third day, just as the scripture said. Now, hone in on verse 5 now. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at once. And then the Apostle Paul wrote, writes, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. And he was seen by James and later all the apostles, and last of all, uh, by me, the Apostle Paul wrote. But he said he's seen by 500 of them. And most are still alive. And the book to, to uh, the, first, the, the, book to the uh, church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians, was written about 20 years after Jesus Christ had resurrected. And the apostle Paul has said, the 500 that saw him, most of them are still alive. He's writing and saying, check it out. Go find the witnesses. Go prove to you and to everybody around you, he is still alive. The third bullet point I want to, that, that I make, uh, that I share with you about uh, the uh, fact that Jesus resurrected is a small band of insignificant, unimportant believers turned the entire Roman Empire upside down. And they did it within a couple hundred years following Jesus' resurrection. The 11 disciples forsook Jesus and fled on the night of his arrest and the night that he was, he was crucified. What could cause 11 men plus all the other followers to commit everything, including their life to Jesus Christ, just 40 days later? Because the, his, the history books tell us that these people for the next 100 years, 200 years, they were hung on crosses. They were fed to lions. They were beaten by gladiators. They were hung on posts and lit on fire and more. It's inconceivable that anyone would go that far with a torturous death or a lie. But it wasn't a lie. They knew that Jesus Christ had resurrected. They knew that he was alive. And the fifth and final uh, truth I share you about the resurrection proving that Jesus did rise, is that the Jews that came to know Jesus Christ through, through repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Ghost, they set aside their traditions. They began to worship on Sunday, the first day of the week when Jesus resurrected, instead of the Sabbath day of their tradition. They, they uh, began to, uh, they, they stopped, they no longer uh, practiced animal sacrifices because they recognized that Jesus was our sacrifice. They no longer had the Passover meal. They took on the Lord's Supper. And you see, within weeks of the resurrection, these believing Jews willingly gave up their sociological and their theological traditions and had a new identity with the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. On this Easter Sunday morning, I want you to know he's still alive. There are many other proofs. There are many other almost infallible proofs of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the most important proof about the resurrection of Jesus Christ is what he can do, can do in my life and what he can do in your life. How he can take you. How he can change you. How he can make you totally different. And there are two things that I want to tell you and show you that the resurrection does. The first thing, the resurrection brings life to you right now. Romans 
6.4 says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of God the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. We are buried with him in baptism. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name today. As a matter of fact, if you'll call me on my cell phone and tell me you're coming to the church, I'll wait here and I'll baptize you in Jesus' name today. But he went on in in the, uh, the, the fifth verse of Romans 6. If we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, baptism, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead in Christ, we believe that we shall live also with him. We shall live. You see, because we went and we died and we were buried with him in baptism, we can arise and we can live with him. And then just skipping a couple chapters later in Romans, uh, the Apostle Paul continued to write, verse 9, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. And then skipping down to verse 11, But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead shall also give life to your mortal bodies. Not to your immortal bodies, not to your eternal being, but to your mortal bodies. The resurrection, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ brings life to your life, to your body right now. Thank God for His resurrection. And then the second thing that I'm going to mention to you real quick that his resurrection does for you is that it uh, it brings hope. And the hope the resurrection brings comes in two ways. The hope the resurrection brings to your life, it comes as hope right now. And then it comes as hope for eternity. That's what the Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because of the resurrection. Because uh, that God raised Christ, Jesus Christ from the dead, we now live with great expectation. New King James says we now live with great hope. We, because of the resurrection, we have been born again, and we now live with great hope. And uh, Simon Peter didn't stop there. He went on to say, and we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, Beyond the great, beyond the reach of change and decay. 
great hope today, great expectation right now, and an inheritance of heaven. And that's because of the power of the resurrection. The resurrection, it brings you life right now, and it brings you hope right now, and it brings you hope for the future. We don't know what's going to happen with the coronavirus. We don't know where this is going. I don't know how many weeks that I'll be preaching to an empty sanctuary with just the worship team out here and looking at you through the camera. I don't know how long this is going to go on. And a matter of fact, this I, I know one thing, this virus is so unpredictable. And so, and, and so uh, we know so little about it. But we don't need to be fearful. We don't need to be afraid. We need to know that if, you know what, if God uses the virus to take some of us to glory, we have an eternal life with him. We have hope with him. Amen. And if he, he uses this virus to bring hundreds into the church, he will. And he's doing that and he's going to do it. Why? Because he knows what he's doing and he's in control. And on this resurrection day, don't be fearful. Put your trust in him because he brings you life and he brings you hope through his resurrection. I challenge you today, if you have not come to know Jesus Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection, do that today. Do that today. You see, we, we die out to our sins in this life. We die out to the flesh. We do that through repentance. We do that through repentance. And this, is, and this is our association with his death. And then we are joined with him in baptism. We are joined with his burial in baptism. Buried with him in baptism. And then we come to know his resurrection in all of its power as he comes to live in us and fill us with his spirit and we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I challenge you today. I challenge you today. If you've not come to know what Easter is really all about, come to know the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ through repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Ghost, I challenge you today. Make it happen today. Make it happen today. Amen. He said, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Oh, how meaningful that is to every child of God today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.